0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverseimpact. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even
1: afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate?
0: Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey
1: Brian, those are really good questions.
0: They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying.
1: I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you.
0: REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
1: Hello there, and welcome back to the Highway to Hoover podcast preview, season preview. Editions of the Highway to Hoover podcast. I am your host, Joe Healy, joined as always by my co host here on the podcast and my partner over at SEC Extra, Mark Etheridge. Today we're going to take a look at the Kentucky Wildcats and preview the season ahead for them. Uh, But first, I have to let you know that the Highway to Hoover podcast is brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. We are very excited about our partnership, and by R, I I mean SEC Extra and D1 Baseball's partnership with Brock's Gap Brewing Company. We've got some really exciting stuff coming through the pipeline, working with the folks over at Brock's Gap. We're really excited about all that stuff. Nothing quite to announce yet, but stay tuned. We, we've got some, some, like I said, some really exciting stuff we're doing with them that we're looking forward to announcing at some point in the near future. That is housekeeping item number one. Housekeeping item number two is uh, if you're listening to this uh, on the the free podcast feed and you have not yet subscribed to SEC Extra, uh, Mark and I would like you to consider it, to to be frank about it. So head on over to D1Baseball.com, click the SEC Extra tab at the top of the screen. And uh, consider subscribing. You can do the monthly, you can do the annual, uh, whatever works for you works for us. Um, you know, we're just we're just hoping you give us a shot. We're gonna we're gonna do some some really fun, interesting stuff. Mark and I are not short for ideas about how we want to approach this first year of SEC Extra. But I can guarantee you, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna try a lot of different stuff. So some will work, some won't. That's how these things go. But I can guarantee you're gonna get a lot of interesting stuff along the way uh mark we are going to talk a little bit about the kentucky wildcats um yeah you know a lot of um you know a lot of positive in some ways for kentucky i mean you talk about big picture stuff the stadium is beautiful um Mm -hmm. there's kind of there was an energy especially coming off of a super regional back in 2017 you know as they had a lot of momentum there and this is a program that really Hasn't bottomed out. I have to give them that. I mean, you know, we saw Mississippi State bottomed out last year. Uh, Missouri has had seasons where they where they bottom out, I guess, including last year. Um, Kentucky has typically remained pretty competitive last year. Of course, they were the only team to take down Tennessee in a three game series. So that was impressive. They were made a run at the SEC tournament. They were probably a win or two away um, from being in the tournament, the the field of sixty-four in the NCAA tournament, and just fell a little bit short. Um, You know, it's it's. I think Kentucky. um, I'm curious for your time. I mean, Kentucky is maybe the biggest example that shows just how difficult life can be in the SEC when you're doing a lot of things right even in the face of some disadvantages, cause we can talk about that too. There are some disadvantages that, that come with Kentucky. You could do a lot of things right and make a lot of positive moves. And that uphill climb is just so tough.
2: Yeah. You know, at the end of the year, they, they were playing very well in, uh, in the SEC tournament. And if they would have gotten in, um, you know, they would have been a handful for somebody. You know, we look at what Ole Miss did. Kentucky was playing at that level towards the end of the year. They, they would have been a problem. Um, but they just had too big a hole to climb out of. And that's the deal in this conference, because, you know, if you have some injuries and they did, and you have some, 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 maybe some guys underperform or don't, you know, don't hit what you expect out of them. Um, there's just no way to get well, right? Because every week there's somebody in there, you know, just as talented or in Kentucky's case, often more talented than you are. And you've got to find a way to compete and, and steal wins and, and it's it's really challenging. So to your point, they've done a really good job to, to keep a program at a certain level. Um, and this year it's a whole new team. I mean, there's a lot of new faces, and 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 that's what we'll talk about as as we go over, you know, our, our questions here.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't want to belabor this point too much just because um, you know, it, it's it's in the past, we can't relitigate it, but it, it is kind of amazing how different. Things could be if the margins are so small right so they come off the super regional in 2017 and that 2018 team was really highly ranked early in the season and fell short and there was a real argument to be made that that team should have been in a regional and they they were one of the last teams left out so they miss and then last year they were you know right on the cusp a win or two away from doing it and if they you know if they get to regionals in 18 and then last year you're really only looking at having missed in 2021, they'd be on a a regional streak now of whatever it is five and six years or, you know, whatever. Um, but that's, that's the margins in this league. So, um, it is part of why this team will be interesting going into, into the season, because I think we have to assume that floor is still kind of, kind of there. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you are a Kentucky fan who is just joining us for this episode, or if this is your first one with us in the season preview series, Here's how it's going to work. I will quickly introduce the team, talk about what they did last year. Then we will jump into uh, a series of, of, of things that Mark and I will both talk about. We'll talk about what we like about this team. We'll talk about the questions we have about this team. And then we will talk about what will have to happen for this team to be the best version of itself. So with Kentucky, they went 33-26 last year, 12-18 and 18 in the SEC regular season, uh, no postseason appearance, and they go into this season unranked. Um, I will go ahead and hit lead off on this one with what I like about this team. And I think what stands out to me is that the high end talent on the mound. Now it's relatively unproven in a lot of ways, but when you just kind of look at the raw materials they have of, of Logan Martin, a D three transfer from Suwanee, the university of the South, however you want to call it um, you know, high nineties fastball, you know, really good stuff was dominant in the fall. Um, you know, is he ready to be a, not just a Division One Friday guy, but an SEC Friday guy. Like that remains to be seen, but certainly good stuff there. You know, Magdal Coto is, a, is a, a big prospect in the draft, big time arm. Can he be more consistent? Ryan Hagenell was a a big recruit for them, and you know, it just hasn't quite connected yet. Austin Strickland is talented. Seth Chavez, an East Tennessee State transfer, has a big arm. You know, there's questions about Darren Williams, the seventh year senior. Who was really, really good for them early and then got hurt. Kind of it, you know, he was one of those injuries you mentioned that that really hurt him. You, you do wonder if, you know, he had just been put into the rotation, you know, if he had continued to pitch well in the SEC, does their season end differently? You know, we'll obviously never know. So there's that. And then Tyler Bosma, like a Miami, Ohio transfer, crafty lefty. Like he's gonna be a key piece. So I I like the collection of arms they have here. Um, we, you know, I'm sure it's as this podcast goes on, we will kind of nitpick that and and talk about what that all means. But in in terms of just the high end talent that it is there on the mound, it's just a matter of how much of it stays healthy and how many of those guys are ready to take a big step forward.
2: Yeah. Well, from my standpoint, I'm going to look at it from the positions position wise. I mean, they added a lot of experience. They added players who have who have enjoyed success at other places. Uh, they had a lot of holes to fill, right? And, and instead of trying to get them all and trying to hit on every recruit, they went out they went to the portal and they, you know, the, the, that's how they filled out their lineup. So you have experience, you have guys who have done it at other levels who just want an opportunity to play in the SEC. And, and that's something that Kentucky can sell, right? Because you're getting a chance to play at the highest level and they had open spots, and, and I think that's, you know, if you're looking at a, a way, uh, like a path for Kentucky every year is they can go out and, and find players who have, who have, you know, had a lot of success, but who want to challenge themselves and move up to that and get that SEC competition. And maybe you're, you aren't taking six or seven of them, but you, you certainly can fill in at wherever you need them. And I think that can be a successful formula. So I really liked, uh, really liked that approach.
1: Yeah, it is um, kind of fascinating. Just, I, I do think they fit in a little bit in a sweet spot where, you know, a uh-huh. lot of SEC clubs, they're still recruiting at such a high, high level in the traditional recruiting sense that they don't they don't really have the same opportunities to provide and Kentucky really does. Now that comes with some downside risk. Obviously you mentioned they had some pieces to replace and that's largely because they, they did a lot of this last year, right? Mm -hmm. So they had a lot of one year guys in their lineup who were, who were big parts of it that now they are turning over. So you kind of have to kind of, um, builds on itself point. you know yeah. you end up having to do that every year and so if it if it hits it hits so I'm with you uh you know Ryan Waldschmidt is a guy to watch I really like mm-hmm. Charleston Southern um he, he very quickly made it clear that he was um you know should be playing in a league bigger than the Big South you know and, and so now he's in the SEC um you know he's an interesting guy one of the guys not a transfer who's interesting in that group for me is James McCoy their third yeah. baseman who you know redshirted last year and Uh, then went out and had a really big summer and shows some big time power, super hardworking kid. Uh, You know, he could be a a real middle of the order guy for them. And and I think we'll talk about this a little later, but they're, they're going to need that. So um, I think that is, that's, I think that's perfectly valid just the they got old really fast and there's been a lot of positivity about some of those transfers they brought in. And so um, we will obviously see how that, how that plays out. My question is related to my, so the, (laughs) The one shoe is that I like the high end talent on the mound. But my question is, as this other shoe drops is, does that make a cohesive pitching staff though? Because there's a reason why, you know, I say, I like the individual talent. It just hasn't clicked yet. Okay. Well, is it going to, right? I mean, some of these guys have strike throwing issues, you know, Kodo and, and Hageno have been guys that have struggled with, with throwing strikes and, you know, is Logan Martin going to be, um, overwhelmed either just in terms physically or just kind of overwhelmed in the moment pitching in the sec. Is he ready for that? Mm-hmm. Um, not to, you know, is Darren Williams was what we saw early last year uh, in a You know, was he going to slow down an sec play? Did we, was what we saw a mirage or is that, or is he really someone who can come in and be a game changer in the way that Tyler Guilfoyle was last year as a reliever for Kentucky, right. Coming from the mid major level. So those are kind of all open questions. So I like the pieces, but it just feels like, you know, they're going to have to have several of those guys step up and then figure out how to piece together a cohesive pitching staff um, from that in a way that's not necessarily clear to me just yet. So, so Mark, uh, what kind of questions do you have?
2: It's It's the same one, right? Can, you know, Dr. Williams in his seventh year, right. Can he, uh, can he pitch you know, as an SEC frontline guy, right? Can can the D three transfer Martin? Can he elevate himself and pitch and match up? Think about who they who they're going to be matched up with on you know on SEC weekends. And these are you know that's just the, the key for me is there's no there's really no track record. I mean there's very small for Williams and, and for some of the others, but that is it's a huge jump. And it's not to say they can't do it is, but it's kind of, you know, you got to prove it. And, and that's where we are right now. As you mentioned, there's a, there's a lot of potential there. Um, there's a lot of, you know, if all these things click, then wow, you're in great shape, but odds are just being, being realistic. All of these guys are not going to, are not going to elevate. And, and if they don't, um, then you're trying to match up with guys that are not as talented as your opposition. And that's a concern. Okay. So so for me, it's I, I think they'll probably their offense will probably be okay. Um, but I am concerned that they're just not going to be consistent enough on the mound.
1: At first, you said Dr. Williams. And at first, I was like, who is Dr. Williams? And then I was like,
2: oh. The seventh year. I mean, if you got a school for seven years, you're a doctor. Isn't that what Tommy Boy said, right?
1: That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, he's going to be the first ever college baseball player to go straight from uh, playing on the baseball team to being on the faculty at the University of of Kentucky. Go straight into it. Um, Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what has to happen now for this team Mm -hmm. to be the best version of itself. I'm actually going to go to the position player group, and it's just how many of those transfers are really ready to be top flight SEC position players? Um, because it, they're, they're going to need it. So it's, you know, to run through some of it, it's, you know, Hunter Gilliam at first base who transferred from Longwood. I, I mentioned Ryan Waldschmidt who transferred from Charleston Southern. He's going to play center field and, and very well might hit leadoff. It's Kendall Yule from yep. Eastern Kentucky, you know, a power hitting outfielder. And I'm sure I'm missing a guy or two, but it, you know, you start to talk about, okay, they're leaning on a lot of transfers and, and most of them are coming from a lower level. And some of those guys really connect. And some of those guys just don't like we, we have enough evidence now we're pretty new in this transfer portal era, but we have enough evidence to, to know that some guys, some of those guys that make that jump do make the jump and some just don't. And how many of those do and don't, I mean, this is overly simplistic, but how many of those guys do make the jump and how many don't, I think is going to have large, a large barrier. On just how good this Kentucky team is, um, yeah. you know, I think they they really like not just the physical tools, but they really like the makeup of the transfers they've they've brought in. I know it's an important piece for this Kentucky coaching staff when they're shopping in the transfer portal is mm-hmm. finding the right people in addition to the right players. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of what they've they, they've gone for. But uh, you know, so. Again, how many of those guys are ready to be top flight contenders? Because this this lineup was was pretty good last year, but they, they lost some pieces and it, it didn't have, uh, you know, a ton of traditional firepower. So they're, they're going to need that this year to, to be able to, even if the pitching sorts itself out, they're going right. to need that to be able to kind of stay
2: above water. Right. Uh, for me, it's it's who's going to step forward as that. Middle of the order guy or guys that, that teams are worried about is it Ewell is it McCoy you know is it one of the other transfers right somebody's going to need to step forward and 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 just be that difference maker who's going to hit you know three thirty with twelve to eighteen bombs and drive in a bunch of runs and and get pitching coaches fits right so it's that they need someone like that right it, it's very difficult to go one through nine and everybody hits. So you're going to need some guys to step forward and, and kind of take a, you know, an overallocated share, and, and I think that's what, for me, I mean, obviously the the pitching, well, we, we beat that to death, but that, from a position standpoint, that that's what they need is somebody step forward and and, and be that alpha. That, I mean, that's uh, that in order to compete in this league, you got to have some dudes, and 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 that's what I'm looking for from Kentucky offensively.
1: Yeah, I'm fascinated to see it. I will actually see Kentucky in person to begin the season. They're coming to play Road Series at Elon, which is, you know, up the road from me about an hour or so west of of where I'm at. And um they they do that kind of like Kentucky's not afraid to go play, you know, even a mid-major on, on the road, which I, I commend them for. I, I think that's that's kind of neat. And I think it's a yeah. unique atmosphere for those players to experience because they're smaller parks and smaller crowds. And you have to kind of create your own energy because the, 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 you know, the crowd is not going to kind of get you pumped up at, at, at smaller facilities like that. So anyway, I, I you just, I'll be out there for, for opening weekend and I'm kind of excited to um, you know, to see what they got.
2: Yeah. And you know, I talk about that in Kentucky's schedule analysis where it's different. SEC schools don't go on the road twice in pre-conference and they're going to Southern Illinois, and they're going to Elon, so it's a different way of approaching it, and it has some RPI effect, right? So if you're on the bubble, maybe you know those games that everyone else has forgotten about early in the year, maybe that's the difference that, that helps them from an RPI standpoint. But anyway, if you like that kind of nerd talk, uh, check out the Kentucky schedule analysis.
1: Yeah, head on over to SEC. I highly recommend those. Like I enjoy reading. You know, I read through all of them just to kind of put a second set of eyes on them, and, and I always enjoy reading and, and learning about the 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 nerdery of what's behind the yeah. schedule and look i mean i don't know how good elon necessarily will or won't be i can guarantee you southern illinois is pretty good like that that's definitely a place where if kentucky does not come to play and like i can just also about guarantee you the weather's not going to be good uh it's it's going to be chilly and it might be raining you know that that kind of cold drizzle you get in the midwest as as winter turns to spring um and, and southern illinois if, if they don't show up they they will get beat at Southern Illinois. Like it's, it's a good team. So um, now the flip side of that is I think Southern Illinois could also win the Missouri Valley. And to your point, if they do that and their RPI is sitting in the forties or fifties, like that's actually, okay, that's a good road series. So that is kind of what they're, what they're betting on there. So um interested to see, of course, how it plays out. That will do it for this episode of the highway to Hoover podcast presented by Brock's gap brewing company, previewing the Kentucky wildcats. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view with celebrity cruises. You can have it all explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit
0: Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
2: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac?